wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fretz. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to you are listening to then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? Monday. I hope you enjoy your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are. Thank you guys so much for this episode of the program. As always, I greatly appreciate it. Yes, it is Monday. I know for most of you, it's the start of your work week as it is mine. But that does not mean. Mondays, I know for a lot of y'all, usually suck. I just, I usually hated Mondays, personally. But if you embrace the uh, mindset of picking Mondays as a setup for the rest of your week, hey, your work goes, your work goes a lot better. Your week goes a lot bigger. All that good stuff. So hopefully, you kick Mondays as today. I hope you do. And if you did, congratulations to you, my friend. But y'all know, it is a non-host Monday, and that means we get a brand spanking new episode of News of the Weekend, where I talk about all the news that's good for me to talk about, and try to do enough to make sure I don't really get shit on back. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yes, this is News of the Weekend. This will be the last one of the month. Uh, just going to let you guys know, next Monday, we're forced to the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was SummerSlam weekend. I'm sure you guys are looking forward to that, all that good stuff. So, before we get into what we're going to be talking about this week on News of the Weekend, uh, let me make sure I take care of my business and bills. This segment here of the program is brought to you, of course, by our Patreon. Yes, we got a Patreon, just in case you didn't know, patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio, 17 cents a day. Get you exclusive access to shows, conversations, and all that good stuff. 
17 cents a game, as we know this time. Yes, they wouldn't fight And the last time we got 17 cents in anything, Dan said 17 cents when you anything. The last time 17 cents got you anything, a uh, hamburger at McDonald's, and that was literally that during the inception. Other than that, 17 cents a day, though, here over on the wrestling side, there's a lot of radio Patreon side of things. We get you a lot of exclusivity. Exclusivity, in my opinion, is pretty damn good now, especially with what we offer for just 17 cents a day. Think about this, alright? You get to part of a group chat where you get to talk about patrons like the like Mr. Quarantine G himself, um, like Jermaine Slack, of the other patrons out there. Shout out to y'all. Thank you so much for your continued patronage. You can also chat with the other members of Wrestling Attic Radio, including myself, I've been there from time to time. It's always been a fun time when we talk in there. Wrestling, life things, all that good stuff. And I just see that the Phillies beat the Mets, and that's always a win in my book, though Phil's Mets can go. Um, but let me continue on. So you get to be part of a group chat. You get to talk with all the members of Wrestle Attic Radio. Fun things all around. Also, you get to listen to exclusive shows that you won't normally listen to on regular Wrestle Attic Radio programming. Shows like Love and War, hosted by the Kings of the Rings podcast own the HBIC herself, Kate Murphy, and the GM of Wrestle Attic Radio, King Ricky Rose. Francis Fade 5 you get to listen to pretty much his fan five insert topic here. Okay. I believe he just came out with a brand new episode involving SummerSlam. So if you want to go check, if you are part of the Patreon family, do please go check that out. And also my show, my exclusive Patreon podcast with um, the secret files podcast, where you won't know what the topic is until you press play. Uh, And I've been hyping this up for a little bit. I will be doing the collaboration this week. I have a very special guest that is going to be joining me on a certain topic that he and I have been really dying to talk about and is a collaboration that hopefully you wouldn't want to miss. So for my patrons out there, uh, like I said, I will, I've been hyping this up for a little bit. I will be getting down and dirty with it this week, and we will be getting that out as soon as possible once we finish recording and all that stuff. But trust me, it's a collaboration that this person and I have been wanting to do for some time. We just had to write, you know, wait for the right time and the right topic to get everything sorted out. So that's going to be a fun time when we put that out. Also, and I think this is actually the most important of them all, for 17 cents a day, you'll be able to use an exclusive code. I can't tell you what it is because you're not part of Patreon. But if you're part of the Patreon, you already know what the code is. But with this exclusive code, you'll be able to save 15% off every single time you check out at any of our Wrestle Attic Radio Teespring stores, including the original Teespring store, my Teespring store over, over on uh, teespring.com forward slash the dash YLP dash collection. And of course, the HBIC, Fretzelmania, Game Changer, and the Delight Show, as well as our Pride collection that we still have um, from June. That is still a thing going on. 15% off every single time you go check out. Every single time if you have the code. I, I know the code, but I can't tell you because you're not part of Patreon. But if you want to be part of Patreon, head over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle Addict radio 17 cents a day equating to five dollars a month will get you all of that and more so consider becoming a patron today and as i always say always accepted never expected i have 11 articles on deck for you today now pretty much um anything that has happened between i'd say thursday and sunday 
will be talked about today. Any news that comes out um, today, uh, unfortunately, will not be discussed. So let me let me just give you a little bit of a rundown of what I'm going to talk about in this portion of the program. I'll, I'll, we're, this is what we're going to lead off with. And uh, this is a big deal for a lot of people because a lot of people were talking about SummerSlam. Uh, that's going to be going down next weekend. And we were wondering where it would take place. Now, of course, there were rumors all over the place that it was going to be taking place in Atlantic City, um, for which I was just, as a, as a person that lives and is from New Jersey, I was just like, nah, fam, y'all are good on that. Excuse me. Y'all can have fun with that. Be gone with that. But apparently, and it was talked about um, last week, and uh, they're talking about it today, WWE reportedly signs agreement with the Amway Center through October. This is from Joshua Gagnon. Let's get into the news, shall we? John Alba of My News 13 is reporting WWE has signed an agreement with Amway Center in Orlando, Florida to run shows through October 30th. No fans are allowed in the building, meaning WWE will likely not be doing events with a live audience until at least that date. Previous reports had WWE hoping it could restart its live events schedule at the end of September, but with how the pandemic is unfolding in the U.S., that plan obviously changed. As seen in the images below, if you are reading this article, if you want to check this article out, WrestlingInc.com, and you can go from there. WWE has already begun loading into Amway Center, where it will take future Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-view events, including SummerSlam. WWE is reportedly expected to have virtual fans show up on the large LED boards at the Amway Center, and I'll give you my opinion on that in just a moment. It's already been confirmed. Next Friday's SmackDown is scheduled to be live outside of the Performance Center, but the official location was not yet announced. WWE is reportedly pushing for more live programming going forward in an attempt to increase dwindling TV ratings. The NXT brand will not be impacted by the main roster move to the Amway Center as the current plan for the black and yellow brand is to remain at the NXT arena on the campus of Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. So, um, let me see here. So pretty much this is the uh, confirmation from John Alba, quote, uh, from his Twitter feed. A rep from the city of Orlando tells me in My News 13, WWE has a use agreement with Amway Center through October 30th, with no fans present in the building. So barring an amendment in the agreement, no live fans through October, but WWE gets arena access for all events through then. Um, he also has a picture, a video of uh, confirming that uh, you have the WWE truck there from his crew, and I believe uh, more WWE production trucks were promoting into the Amway Center. So, yeah, I mean, so WWE is getting out of the Performance Center and it will be heading into the Amway Center, what I believe is the home of the Orlando Magic, where they play. So, let me give you, let me me just kind of see how it works. So, I mean, at least they're getting out of the Performance Center because, honestly, I mean, they, they, I mean, they honestly had to use what they, I mean, luckily, and a lot of people did say this and I'm just going to pretty much regurgitate it. Um, thank goodness they had the Performance Center to be able to use for their WWE shows because without it, I don't know exactly where they would be or where they would go. So, so the Performance Center definitely was a very big uh, saving grace for WWE to be able to hold their shows. Now that they be able to get out of the Performance Center and head over to the Amway Center, um, 
bigger venue. Of course, they got SummerSlam coming up next weekend. So definitely a wise move on WWE's part. And kudos to the Amway Center for your greeting with WWE to be able to get into the Amway Center. The one thing, though, I'm really not feeling, and I'm sure a lot of you probably will be expecting this too, especially if you watch the NBA uh, restart, is that they had LED boards um, with virtual fans um, watching the game. And that's what I'm not really feeling. Um, I watched, now I haven't been watching as much uh, NBA um, as I thought I would. I've been, I'm literally, I literally have the, uh, okay, okay, sidebar, it's Sunday. I'm actually recording this for today because I kind of want to get ahead of things. So personally, I'm watching the Nats and the uh, Baltimore Orioles right now. I'm watching a lot of baseball as of late anyway, but um, I'm kidding. It's Monday. Shh, don't tell nobody. Yeah, but I've been watching a lot of baseball lately. I have it on my screen for the most part. So I've been watching a lot of that. But from what I have seen with the NBA um, is that they have the live virtual boards with the fans that can watch it. I think they pay or something like that. A uh, certain amount you can do that with. Uh, it creeps me out. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It really does creep me out to see that. Um, I think I saw, when I was watching, I saw Marcus Canby, Kerry Kittles, Paul Pierce. Uh, just a lot of fans. I think I saw the Celtics mascot there. Uh, it just looks super creepy and very, very cringe, and I'm really not a fan of it. Um, in terms of Major League Baseball, they had those cardboard cutouts. Um, I'm also kind of not a fan of those, too. It just looks super creepy, um, kind of cringe. And I remember the first game I saw uh, when they first restarted uh, MLB's 60-game season, they had the, what was it, the Milwaukee Brewers and the Chicago Cubs. And I can easily remember they had uh, virtual, like, like uh, virtual fans, like pretty much like like the ones you see in the see in the video games in the crowd. They put them in the stands, and that was just as cringe. Uh, it was super creepy. I didn't like it, not one bit. I'm glad baseball's back in the fold, but I'm just I was super creeped out, and I think I'll be super creeped out watching a, a SmackDown because I don't watch Raw for reasons that I've been told, I told many, many times on the show, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how this will work. I just think it would be super cringe personally to just see fans just watching it from like their laptops or any or webcams or anything like that. It'll just be super, super weird. And, you know, I know WWE wanted to get fans going by SummerSlam. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Um, I'm not going to give you my thoughts on coronavirus at this point because it'll, it'll just be a four-hour show, and I ain't got time for that. But, you know, I know Vince McMahon wanted to get um, fans in the, in the arena by SummerSlam. Unfortunately, that is not the case. And, uh, yeah, so um, so now we have to deal with the cringeworthy uh, LED board. I just think it's not, I just think it's going to look super creepy. I don't know about you, how you feel about it. I'm not a fan of it personally. I'm kind of opposed to it. Um, I would like to see fans back in the stands um, sooner rather than later. Uh, hopefully, by the time they um, the end of their uh, agreement by October 30th, we'll be able to have people back in the stands um, for that first Friday. Because I think October 30th would be well, not exactly sure. Uh, let's see. We're gonna look this up real quick, actually. What day is October 30th, 2020? That is a Friday. So 
So it's that Friday. So their agreement um, ends on that date. Hopefully the next Friday, which I would believe would be the uh, 6th or 7th, um, hopefully we start getting fans. Actually, no, it would be the 6th because that's the first day and I would actually go on vacation. But that's neither here nor there. I'll talk about that once we get to that point. But hope, I mean, I'm glad they're actually moving out of the Performance Center and moving into the Amway Center for um, SummerSlam and all that. I just, I'm just not a big fan of the LED boards. It's going to look super weird to me, but I digress. But speaking of uh, SmackDown, get this out of the way. We got some ratings to talk about, and why not? Let me see. Do, 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 do. I thought I had ratings. There you go. From mandatory.com slash WrestleZone, WWE SmackDown viewership continues to rise. This is from Anthony Nash from this past, from actually from uh, Saturday. The early ratings are in for another week of Friday Night SmackDown, and it looks like they continue to drag up a little bit from last week, according to new information from Showbuzz Daily. For the second week in a row, SmackDown saw a boost in audience as last night's show averaged 1.979 million viewers, which is up 1.2% from last week and the best mark of the show since June. Once again, the second hour of the show saw an increase of viewers as well, with the number jumping 4% to 2.025 million viewers in the second half of the night. SmackDown's rating in the 18 to 34 demographic was once again the best of any network TV on Friday which is up 50% from last week. It also led all networks in the 18 to 49 demographic with a 0.5 rating, the same number they've hit for the last month or so. Which is good. I mean, they're starting to ramp up a little bit in terms of all this stuff. Uh, I I know the highlights of the match, highlights of the shows were um, the uh, whole Alexa Bliss, Braun Strowman deal, with the Fiend, and dare I say, Alexa Bliss can lay down one of a smack across the face region. Uh, we now have a bald Braun Strowman, and as a person who uh, has sh- who shaves his re- head regularly, um, uh, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, I mean, if you're trying to look for a more menacing look, um, the bald look definitely does help the cause. And I'm, di- I'm okay with the uh, character development so far. Um, he was about to damn near throw Alexa Bliss out of the ring, which would have been a hell of a bump for her own girl. Um, so they're trying to, they got a little developing thing going with the Fiend and Strowman, um, as well as Asuka becoming the number one contender for Bailey's um, SmackDown Women's Championship going down at uh, SummerSlam next weekend. So they got that. Um, King Corbin and Riddle still a thing. Eh, that's cute. And it looks as if we're going to have the, um, whole Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro versus the Lucha House Party for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh, um, here's, the, here's the one thing they really fucked up on. And I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to go into the next article after I say this. Boy, did WWE fuck up royally with Styles and Hardy. Now, me personally, I was hoping for a Riddle-Styles Championship thing. I was hoping for a match between those two. Um, but honestly... Because they were at this point, I believe they're one one in their series. So I was thinking, all right, a third match is imminent. Styles versus Riddle. You build up Riddle. I'm gonna become champion. All that good stuff. Now here's the thing that really fucks with my brain. 
they had Hardy, they had Styles come out and with uh, Joseph Parks, and I'll discuss him in just a moment because Bully Ray gave him some high praise for this. And the other segment, of course, there's, you know, statistically there's no one that can that can even reach his level. Hardy comes out saying, you know, I want to shout out the championship. AJ Styles in perfect deal fashion is like, nah, fam, you good. Um, you can chill on that. He attacks him. And they made the announcement that uh, this coming Friday, they're going to have Styles versus Hardy for the Intercontinental Championship two days before SummerSlam. What an epic failure you just pulled off. And I'm not kidding. Why? Styles Hardy, and I actually put this out in a tweet um, on Friday. Styles Hardy, in T- back in TNA, was a dream match for me when AJ Styles was the X Division Champion and he had an open challenge um, for the X Division Championship. Out comes Jeff Hardy. And, uh, holy hell, that was a crazy, crazy moment for a lot of people in terms of TNA. It was a, you know, uh, Mike TNA said it was a dream match. And it was at the time. I still think it is, personally, to, to me, um, especially almost a decade later. But you're only giving me a week's build to this matchup. This had summer. This is a SummerSlam match written all over it. You know it, and I know it. And what really fucks with my brain is that if you were gonna do Hardy versus Styles, why couldn't you just do have a four to six week build with Hardy versus Styles? You could still have the entire Sheamus deal and that um, Styles and Riddle could have had a thing. No title on the line. Um, now, the thing would be is that, you know, Riddle, if Riddle lost, I kind of would have messed up a lot of stuff. So I would have taken Riddle out of the way for now and then start to build him up, you know, after SummerSlam. That would have been my thing because as a debuting guy, you could have got the whole Corbin deal out of the fucking way. Easy. Had Riddle, had Riddle be, uh, if Corbin be Riddle's first uh, feud, knock that out, um, take care of business with that and that. Um, that would have been a lead. That would have been a thing towards um, SummerSlam. Put that on the pre-show, knock it out, and then you can start having Riddle build towards an Intercontinental Championship feud with Style, either Styles or Hardy. But, 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 but on their go-home show, they're gonna they're gonna give away the Intercontinental Championship match. That was that in itself is a pretty much a bad idea to me given the fact that you could have had it on a SummerSlam card and now you're giving it away two days before SummerSlam. Even if you have the rematch, even if Hardy wins the championship and they do the rematch at payback, it already loses his value like that. Basically, same thing with a card when it loses like 30% of its actual value once it leaves the lot. Same scenario. When you have that whole situation and, um, you know, you're doing that, you eat, you immediately have it lose its value. This match now has, once once this match happens, regardless if it's a DQ shit finish or not, the value of this match now, if they have a rematch, goes down like that. Immediately gone. Could have done it at SummerSlam. The only thing I got mad at is the simple fact that you're doing it 
with not even as much as a build at all. And that's what kind of makes me mad about the whole situation. That's, that's just me, though. But we shall continue on. A little water there. And speaking of Mr. Joseph Park, from WrestlingInc.com, Bully Ray says Vince McMahon will love Abyss's on-screen work. This is from Sai Mahan. WWE Hall of Famer, Bully Ray, a.k.a. Bubba Ray Dudley, believes it will take Vince McMahon barely five minutes to fall in love with the on-screen work of Joseph Park, FKA TNA Impact's Abyss. During last night's SmackDown, or should I say during Friday's episode of SmackDown, Park made his first ever appearance on WWE television as an analytics expert and aide of WWE Intercontinental Champion AJ Styles. It would appear like a dig at the AEW's ranking system. The duo came down to the ring and displayed a whiteboard listing the contenders for Styles' Intercontinental Championship. Styles said he had hired a team of analytics experts to come up with the phenomenal Intercontinental Statistics System. If you haven't figured out the acronym yet, piss. I'll let you have your moment to um, laugh at that, because that is just the dad joke in me. Moving on, though. After the board revealed no contenders listed below Styles, Jeff Hardy appeared and challenged the Phenomenal One to a match. Upon being denied a shot at the IC title, Hardy attacked Styles, then wrote his name and inscribed his signature on the whiteboard. Ray tweeted this out soon after the segment, quote, It's going to take VKM about five minutes to fall in love with Abyss slash Joseph Park on screen work. Bully Ray definitely knows a thing or two about Abyss, a TNA Hall of Famer. They feuded for the TNA World Championship back in 2013 and had a memorable hardcore match at Slammiversary 2012 and a Monsters Ball match at TNA Genesis 2012. And those were some bangers. A little later, Styles was seen yelling at Park for handing him a permanent marker. After the SmackDown broadcast, Park apologized to Styles via a tweet. Quote, My apologies to AJ Styles for my dereliction of duty in the Markergate incident on SmackDown on Fox Tonight. That Jeff Hardy assaulted you, AJ. I saw the whole thing. End quote. As reported earlier, Styles vs. Hardy has been made official for next week's SmackDown. It was previously rumored for SummerSlam and may still happen on the pay-per-view. Oh, no, no, no. They've already announced it for, they already announced it for next week, and I don't think we're going to get anything else but that. Um, even if you try to do it, I, you already know what I'm talking about. But what I will say, though, is Bully Ray's right. Bully Ray absolutely is 100% correct. I love Joseph Park, a.k.a. Abyss. I became a huge fan of Abyss, or should I say Joseph Park, um, when I began my TNA watching days, when it first came out, when, I, when it first came out on uh, Fox Sports Net uh, back in middle school, when I was like in the seventh grade. I could not wait to rush home every Friday afternoon after school, immediately throw my bag down, and literally just watch TNA, Six-Sided Ring, all that stuff. One character that I, I felt in absolute love with was Abyss when he was with Father James Mitchell. And he, he, he just had something that I truly loved about him. His character was so different. Um, kind of had that Mankind um, feel, in a sense. But he was an absolute monster, a beast, uh, a straight-up killer. Like, Father, with Father James Mitchell, he was uh, one of the top heels. He rose to become one of the top heels in TNA during its early days. This was when they were still having Wednesday pay-per-views. 
five for four ninety nine. It was beautiful. Um, and he just became a prominent name. And he had battles with AJ Styles, uh, battles with Bully Ray. He became a big freaking deal. That black hole slam finisher still to me is one of my favorite finishers. Period. And, and a story. Some some guys use it for uh, for just regular moves. No, the way that Abyss hit that black hole slam, especially if he was putting you on thumbtacks, because he held that for like that extra second or two. Ooh, boy, oh boy, did he make it look good? And when he got hit on the thumbtacks, and when it was like poking out of that man, and then when he became Joseph Park, um, as like a, I believe it was a lawyer. It just showed a different dimension, a different side of him. And it's just really fantastic. His on-screen work is fantastic. I love it. I love this guy. I think he will pay dividends for AJ Styles. I think he'll pay dividends for SmackDown as another character they can uh, help develop. Um, I know, I believe, if I remember correctly, he actually is a producer in WWE. So he's already got that down. And I I think it's a solid pick. The whole piss thing, eh, I can get past that. I, I chuckled, not gonna front with y'all. But seriously, any person who knows about Abyss slash Joseph Park knows what he's capable of. And especially think of it like this. I don't think they'll do it. I don't think they'll have um him compete in the ring. Um, nor do we know if Joseph Park will ever, you know, have a little in-ring thing. But just having him there adds another little dimension to AJ Styles. And I think it's going to really, really pay dividends for both of these guys. Because um, I think AJ Styles, as a solo guy, he's one of the best in the business, hands down. We know this. Just having Joseph Park in his corner, hopefully they do that, I think would just pay off so well. And Bully, again, Bully Ray's right. I don't know if it'll take five minutes, but I know he'll fall in love with him. Just saying, I think it's, I think it's going to work very well for... Uh, Everybody involved. Let me see. What do I got? I got, I got a little bit of stuff. Ah, ah, this is definitely one I wanted to uh, talk about because for all my NXT UK squadron out there, and I especially know uh, my man, my main man Jermaine is a big NXT UK fan, as am I. And boy, did they just pick up a big talent to the NXT UK brand. And from WrestlingInc.com, WWE signs WXW Women's Champion Amal to NXT UK. This is from Kelly Halat. Earlier this week, French wrestler Amal announced that she has officially signed with WWE NXT UK. She is WWE's first ever French female professional wrestler. Amal wrote on Twitter, Quote, your new WWE NXT UK superstar, the first ever French female professional wrestler signed by WWE, according to WWE France. Over the last year, she has wrestled in NXT UK several times. One of her latest matches was on March 13th against Danny Luna. Amal made her wrestling debut in 2012. She's the current WXW Women's Champion. She won the title by defeating then-current champion Tony Storm, at Superstars of Wrestling 2019. And what I was looking at here is a fatal four-way match between Killer Kelly, Tony Storm, Amale, Amal Winchester, and Valkyrie. I might want to check. I might have to check that out. That, that sounds like a, like a fun match right there. Considering I love me some uh, Killer Kelly, Tony Storm, and Amal. And I've never seen um, that. So she did have a quote here. Uh, 
on Twitter. I'm just going to go on her Twitter real quick because um, she did tweet out. Let's see here. Oh, no, I'm just checking notifications. So, can I actually translate this? There we go. So, she says, Si te pas de raison de vivre, trouve une raison de crève. This is from our French rapper Booba translation. If you don't have a reason to live, find a reason to die. I like that quote. Uh, your new WWE NXT UK superstar, the first ever French female professional wrestler signed by WWE. And of course, congratulations to Amal. And dare I say, uh, I'm going to have my, uh, I'm just a man, I'm going to be just a man moment. She's a fine looking lady. Not going front. But also, and I did see that, uh, one of, in one of the comments, and I want to see if I can actually find it, because it was a hell of a, that was a, actually a hell of a stat um, to this. I want to I credit. Um, yeah. So, uh, Greg Fulgren, and shout out to you, my dude, for this freaking, this, this is a gem of a stat. Uh, he says, quote, just realized that it also should be noted that you are only the second woman of Moroccan descent to be signed by WWE, the first being Mrs. Lael, also known as uh, Miss Layla L. So, uh, and uh, Layla actually sounded her out on uh, Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. No, I don't want to do that. I want to see the tweet. Yeah, so she, she replies, uh, you know, that is true. Fellow, congratulations, fellow, uh, congratulations, fellow Magraba, which is fantastic. That's a hell of a stat. So shout out to him uh, for pointing out that stat. I'm actually going to like that real quick, and I'm actually going to, you know, retweet that because that's a fire stat, 100%. Big time. Fantastic. Um, that Now, I have seen them all in action before. Um, she's fine. I am just a man. I am merely just a man. But I know what I like and what I see. And she is. Ooh, but fineness aside, attractiveness aside, homegirl can definitely go in the ring. She is the current WXW Women's Champion for a reason. Homegirl can go in the ring. And may I say, she's actually put in a lot of work in the gym ski. Uh, definitely looks a lot, definitely not saying she was fine before, but yet she definitely looks a lot better. And I think she will be one hell of an asset. For WWE NXT UK, once it starts back up as we head towards um, TakeOver Dublin on October 25th, I'm sure they'll have her in the crowd uh, with her moment. Maybe, I don't know, depending on how everything goes with the UK. But seriously, I think it's a big get for uh, Amal. Because um, I'm hearing that, um, now this is all just rumor now, that you know maybe Tony Storm may be moving over to NXT. And I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. So, not a bad idea to bring her into the fold if you're gonna, you know, have Tony Storm go to NXT and bring her in. That's not a bad get. And congratulations to Amal being officially signed to NXT UK. I got one more before we head for a break. Got a lot of good stuff this week. But I'm gonna save the good stuff for next segment. But I will talk about this from CagesideSeats.com. PG no more? It's from Sean Reuter. Eagle-eyed viewers noticed something very different about the August 14th episode of SmackDown. 
The Fox show, like all WWE television, is typically rated PG. Last night, the broadcast was labeled TV-14. And everybody was just going bonkers over that. There's been no announcement from WWE about a rating change, so it's possible this was just a production error. If it was intentionally changed, we can only guess at why. Speculation has focused on the retribution angle, which has involved the mysterious group Michael Cole referred to as hiding behind current events, damaging property, and attacking bystanders. Personally, and I'm just reading from the article, my guess would be the Braun Strowman Bray Wyatt program well, over the past few weeks, both men have attacked or menaced Alexa Bliss. We'll keep a close eye on the rating for future shows and let you know if WWE makes any announcement about last night's. So, do I care if they change their rating from PG to TV-14? No, not honestly. Um, personally, they never should have changed in the first place. Uh, but everybody, you know, but you know what society going on today, and this is just my personal opinion, that everybody's getting all caught in their fucking beefies, beefies and wah wah, and, you know, you know um, I'm not saying everyone, but I'm saying, you know, the country's getting a little bit soft. Tad bit soft. Just my personal opinion, but a little, little bit soft. So, surprisingly, you know, everybody's freaking out, oh my god, TV 14, blah, 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 blah. It could be an error. Could have been an error. Could have been a you know a, just a one time deal. You now could it, just, it could go back to TVPG come this Friday. Perfectly fine. Uh, honestly, you know, I just wanted to get into it because it was it was, it was news and you know, it's I guess the thing. But my thing is just like I don't know. Maybe if it becomes TV fourteen, cool. You know me personally, I, I you know. I don't, I don't see why they changed it in the first place. I really don't. I just think, honestly, if they cared more about the product instead of everybody freaks out over, you know, the rating and whatnot, and wanted to care more about the product itself, storylines and all that good stuff, I think we'd be better off because of it. That's just being me. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. If TV 14 is going to be a thing coming this Friday or for just a one-time deal. We'll see. But... The overall product should be the focus of it all instead of just getting hyped as fuck over an actual something being PG or TV-14. But that's going to conclude part one of this week's episode of News of the Weekend for episode 242 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, I got some very big news. I got news on Eric Bischoff detailing why WCW wasn't interested in hiring Shawn Michaels. News of Chris Jericho talking about AEW's releasings of B. Priestley and Sadie Gibbs. For, I got a Forbes article talking about former WWE, WWE stars struggling to find their footing in AEW. I'll talk about that. WXW says they are still an independent promotion despite being part of the WWE Network. I got news uh, on some significant heat backstage for one The Velveteen Dream. And this one I found before I started recording from Sports Kita talking about The Rock changed WrestleMania 18 match against Hulk Hogan. We'll talk about all of these articles on the on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Alright, we are back with episode 242 of the Why Hell Me podcast, bringing you news of the weekend part two. I'd like to have you guys back into the fold. And before we get into the second half of the program, I want to let you guys know this part of the program. This segment is brought to you by our, well, not ours, but mine, Teespring Store on teespring.com forward slash the dash YLP dash collection. We got all the things uh, for, of course, men, women, and the young cubs out there, as well as the accessories for the fellas. Y'all know I got tank tops. Classic tees, you know, because you know it's gun, still gun season around here since the summertime. And uh, if you're going to the gym, why not make sure you get freshed up with a fresh YLP shirt? Ladies, you know I got you covered with uh, flowy tank tops, boyfriend tees, and y'all know y'all love them leggings. So you know your boy had to come through with the legging game, and I dare say it's quite looking all kinds of goods. Uh, of course, logo on the right. Quad. Well, you're well, you're right, my left, and uh, the rest will add a radio above the booty, as well as for the kids, you know, the young cubs out there. I got kids and toddler sizes, t-shirts, wise, and accessories. I got them organic tote bags, beach towels, coffee mugs for all my uh, couple Joe Happiness uh, people out there. So, as well as tapestries and the sock game, you know, I had to get in on it. My LP socks, they look super clean, and we've also added two new items too. My Teespring store. Ladies, PSA, y'all are adorable sometimes. But we know y'all steal our hoodies. We know you steal our t shirts, especially the ones I wear when I go to the gym, especially the V necks. But, you know, all that aside, at least, at least, at least, we got you covered. At least in the V neck front, we got premium women's V necks, six different colors. All different sizes, and of course you got that blah, that YLP logo looking prominent in the front, looking all types of clean. So now your V-neck game can be as strong as your boo things. Also, we also have face masks. Yes, we do have the face mask game going on. I know a lot of states around the country are still having mask mandates, and uh, why would it be? Actually, of course that means you get a solid uh, face mask with the YLP logo prominently on the front. Uh, covering your uh, nose and your mouth. Uh, and uh, we're doing it for a good cause. Uh, it's actually $14.99 over on teespring.com. But with every sale, a dollar is donated to a nonprofit to help children in need uh, with hunger. Um, I know I have two nieces and a nephew, and I know that uh, my uh, sister and her dude, uh, you know, did make sure to take care of them as much as possible, make sure they have the next meal. Some kids out there do not know where the next meal is coming from sometimes. And me here at Wrestling Radio always do support a great cause. And this is a damn good cause to help out for. Because um, no kid should honestly go hungry. And that's just me personally. Again, I got I got nieces and nephews. Um, the last thing I would want to hear about is that. So, like I said, every, with every sale, a dollar does get donated to a nonprofit uh, for helping children with hunger. And uh, it's much appreciated with that. We always try to give back as much as possible. But with all that, of course, always as well, hoodies, pullover sweaters, because it is about to be um, September in just a couple of weeks. And uh, it's going to start to get a little cold here in the Northeast for all my Northeast cats out there. Uh, and if you just want to, you know, a nice little sweater, a uh, nice little hoodie, get yourself right. Head over to teespring.com forward slash young 
the-ylp-collection. Get yourself some swanky merch to end the summer off properly and go into the fall in wonderful YLP fashion. Let us get back into the news. And I got some banger articles that I'm going to start. But we're going to start light and get our way into the big stuff. From eWrestlingNews.com. WXW says they are still an independent promotion despite debuting on the WWE Network. This is from Ryan Clark. Despite the company debuting on the WWE Network on Saturday, WXW says they are still an independent promotion. They said, and I quote, 15 years ago, we were ecstatic drawing more than 200 fans twice a year. Today, more than 1.66 million wrestling fans from 186 countries are able to watch WXW events as part of their existing subscription. This is exciting to us. We'd like to thank all our wrestlers and staff members over the years who have worked on growing WXW to what it is today. We'd like to thank all our fans who have championed us. We'd like to address three of the most frequent questions slash rumors and put this out very clearly. Number one, there are no changes to WXW now at this time. WXW now hosts over 1,500 hours of WXW content. Two, WWE has already confirmed that today's uploads are the first of more content to come. It is not our position to divulge on when and what is released on the WWE Network. Three, WXW is and will remain an independent wrestling promotion. The ownership structure of our companies remains unchanged. No other company owns us. No other company can purchase us without our consent. All rumors slash speculations regarding this are 100% wrong. End quote. Now, they do have their... Um, let, me see what, let me see what they have there. The WXW events, uh, they have their Ambition 11 show from Toronto featuring uh, Volter, um, which, who is, I believe, was, uh, one of the bigger names and I think one of the head trainers over in um, WXW and uh, a mainstay of... Ring Kampf. If y'all don't, if you don't like you some Ring Kampf, um, you better learn your history with Ring Kampf because what you see today with um, Imperium now was what Ring Kampf was in WXW prior to Walter, uh, Marcel Bartel, and Alexander Wolf making their way over to NXT UK. Um, now I believe the fourth, fourth. I think it was only three men. And it was a fourth. Who the fuck was the fourth? Because it wasn't Eichner. There was another guy. I'm gonna have to see this. This is what happens when I don't remember things, and I suck. Ring Kampf. I know there was a four-member thing. Timothy Thatcher was another member. So it was actually originally Volter, Axel Dina Jr., who is now um, Marcel Bartel, Timothy Thatcher, and Christian Michael Jacoby were the first four members of Ring Kampf. Uh, then it became, I believe, Volter, uh, Volter, Dieter, and Thatcher. And I think then Thatcher went on his own, and now we have. Volter, Alexander Wolf, Fabian Eichner, and Marcel Bartel. And the history of that is absolutely freaking genius. Um, I, I believe I spoke about RingCom way back when, when NXT UK started being a thing. And when Volter started coming into the fold and they had Marcel and Eichner um, start to become a, a big deal um, when Imperium was starting to be built. And I kind of addressed that, um, which I think is a fantastic way to go about stuff. But my thing, my thing is this, and I'm glad WXW put it out there. We are st- just because we're on the WWE network, 
does not mean we still aren't an independent wrestling promotion. We are and will remain an independent wrestling promotion. We just happen to be on the WWE Network, baby. And I would, I mean, honestly, I'm because, well, you got to think, they do have some NXT UK talent over that were a part of WXW. Um, Hamal is, was part of it. Tony Storm, former WXW Women's Champion. Uh, Killer Kelly, former, uh, former WXW Women's Champion. Uh, Axel Dieter and uh, Volter, I believe, were former uh, WXW Tag Team Champions. Uh, Volter, a former WXW uh, Unified World Champion, if I'm not mistaken. That's the belt they call it. Thatcher's been involved in a, um, in a tag team tournament. And they have some really cool names, really big names over there, too. Um, no, and of, of course, now, with WXW, we're able to get to learn that. Of course, Alexander Wolf, And they, they, have, they have a lot of good talent over there, personally. I can't remember the names off the top of my head. But they do have some really solid talent over there in WXW. And the cool thing I love about WXW is that they hold no fucking bunches with it, either. They go all out. This is strong style. This is German strong style. And they go balls to the wall. If you've never seen a Volter versus Timothy Thatcher match, I encourage you, once they start pouring out content, if you're not part of WXW now, um, I hope you start to get, I hope they start bringing us some Volter versus Timothy Thatcher, especially now that he's part of NXT. I, I, I would say you're, you're getting some, they got some bangers there. Um, you'll get to see them before they became part of NXT and NXT UK. I think it's a really cool, I think it's really good that they came out and actually said, we are still an independent wrestling promotion and nobody can purchase us without our consent. Any rumors, we're going to kill that right now. So, well, of course, congratulations to WXW for being part of the WWE Network. I can't wait to start to see what they bring to the table, especially their biggest tournament of the year, which is their 16 karat gold tournament. Uh, think Progress's Super Strong Style 16 and G1 Climax, in a sense, and do it like that. And it's really freaking cool. Um, I believe the winner usually gets a, a banger, a really sweet-ass trophy. And I believe it's shot at the WXW Unified World Championship, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong. Uh, any of my WXW squadron that know about this stuff, fill me in. Leave me a voice message um, over on anchor.fm slash Perspective or anchor.fm slash Radio and fill me in. I want to know, you know... What people can anticipate with WXW. That's what I want to know. Anybody inter- you know that is into WXW, I want you to inform myself and the uh, rest of the YLP universe of what we can expect from WXW, especially from Ambition 11 and Femme Fatales 2009. Moving along. And we're just moving right along here. Velveteen Dream. Oh, boy. From SEScoops.com, Velveteen Dream has significant heat backstage. TV return kept secret. This is from Andrew Ravens. Velveteen Dream, real name Patrick Clark, don't know why they added that in there anyway, made his television return this past Wednesday night. He did so when he was revealed as the third person in the triple threat qualifying match where he battled Cameron Grimes and Kushida. It was booked to determine who would be the next to move on to take over 30 to compete for the NXT Championship. Grimes went over in the contest to advance. Fightful Select reports the return of the Velveteen Dream was kept very private, and most wrestlers only knew about it in the minutes ahead of the NXT show. John Ross Sapp wrote, quote, There has been long significant, there's long been significant heat on Velveteen Dream for behavioral issues and what is perceived as preferential treatment in multiple situations that would have had most anyone else Fired, end quote. 
It was noted that this was also the case with his return. Regarding sexual assault accusations, WWE has not provided any update on disciplinary action taken towards him. Dream is slated to battle former NXT champion Finn Balor on next week's episode of NXT on the USA Network from Full Sail University. This is considered a big match on a significant show. Now, I did see um, a lot of people were going crazy for uh, Velveteen Dream's return to the WWE NXT uh, situation. Um, but I also found, I also kind of figured he was going to get a lot of heat, not from, from not only uh, NXT, which was my first thought was, and of course, Twitter. And we know wrestling Twitter, uh, what a cesspool wrestling Twitter is. Now, Twitter as a whole is a cesspool. Um, I still use it because there isn't a better platform that I have found as of yet. But um, wrestling Twitter, me personally, uh, yeah, I mean, it is an absolute cesspool of uh, just insanity. Now, I could go on Twitter and like a certain take and catch heat for it, um, but I can explain myself um, in certain things. Um, I had a situation where uh, yesterday where I had a certain take of a personal um, personal person uh, personal person. A person I do follow that I am cool with. Um, Twitter homie. Um, and, you know, a couple people, you know, got, got my ass. And I did explain myself properly and why I'd, uh, why I was okay with this particular take. Um, now, as I said, I can explain myself in a way that really explaining what I met. Um, so I didn't really, you know, trying to continue or anything. I was just explaining, you know, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, a lot of people have difference of opinion. That's perfectly fine. If we can actually have a dialogue, um, that's where I, I'm cool with it. If you're just going to come at me with some bullshit, um, though, that's different. But the people that actually came to me um, and let me know about their about you know their opinion on it, um, I let them know my reasons as to why I was I was liking this take, and you know they were they seemed pretty okay with why I you know you know was cool with what what I was bringing to the table in terms of why I was okay with this take. Um, you know, it happens, you know, you're not, you know, your take is not always going to be the most popular opinion. Um, it'd be like that sometimes. And, you know, as long as you're able to explain, articulate and explain yourself as to why you have this particular take, people will actually respect you for it. Um, that's perfectly fine. You know, I'm not going to name names as to who I, uh, interacted with because that's, you know, none of y'all's business, but, you know, I engage in, you know, one person I'm cool with on, one person I'm cool with on Twitter, one person I am a big fan of, um, in terms of their YouTube page, I have no animosity towards, uh, him, um, or any of them, actually, I was just trying to, you know, I explained myself in a proper way, and, you know, it seemed like everything was cool amongst everybody, so, no harm, no foul, it's just a difference of opinion, and that's okay, it's all right, you know, you're not hurting my feelings whatsoever, so, that's perfectly fine, you know, I can handle it. I got thick skin. It'd be like that. But, you know, still at the end of the day, um, uh, wrestling Twitter is still, oh man, it, it is an insanity. And I had a feeling that when I saw Velveteen Dream, uh, Dream's name pop up on my timeline, first thing I thought was, oh shit. Uh, like I said, I, when I talked about it um, last week on last week, this week, uh, I didn't know who it was going to be. I wasn't thinking about a team dream at all. I was thinking maybe a new coming talent that they brought up from the PC. 
something like that. I wasn't expecting um, Velveteen Dream to show up at all. And immediately, like a Velveteen Dream snap, everybody was going bananas. And not in a good way. Um, me personally, um, I'm glad he's back. Uh, I know he's still got the whole situation with uh, the allegations against him. And um, we'll see how that goes. We still don't know what went down, what, what was the final result. Um, but I'll leave it at that. I'm just going to leave it at that. Moving right along, though. I don't know why I just got the taste for ramen. Maybe I'm a little bit hungry. I don't know. Who knows? From Forbes.com. Former WWE stars struggling to find their footing in AEW. This is from Blake Ostriker. I've actually read an article as is in quite some time. But let's see what he's got to say. AEW has established its dominance over NXT on Wednesday nights, but many ex-WWE stars who jumped the, to the competition have had considerably less success. There are, of course, exceptions to that. But soon, the lone two AEW World Champions thus far were both WWE Champions as well, in Chris Jericho and John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose. Jericho has quickly cemented himself as the face of AEW and mo- its most recognizable star, proclaiming himself the Demo God. For the obvious role he's played in AEW Dynamite, consistently beating NXT in the viewership department week in and week out. Moxley, meanwhile, is in the midst of a lengthy title reign that is approaching half a year and has seen him dominate a slew of AEW's biggest and best stars, including mega heels like Brian Cage and Brody Lee. It's no surprise that Jericho and Moxley, two Hall of Famer caliber performers and established top stars, have transitioned from a main event role in WWE to one in AEW. But even though AEW seemed to be the place where high-profile ex-WWE stars could revitalize their careers, that hasn't exactly been the case for all of them. Perhaps the most disappointing WWE to AEW star thus far has been Sean Spears, who was granted his request to be released by WWE early last year. While in WWE, Spears was a classic case of a star being underused and unable unable to break through that proverbial glass ceiling. Having first signed with WWE way back in 2006, it wasn't until 2017 that he was permanently moved to the main roster when he was sent to SmackDown after developing a strong following in NXT. But he was woefully misused on the blue brand before ultimately getting a switched and being future endeavored. Ain't that the fucking truth? The widespread belief, belief was that stars, one of the first marquee WWE link names assigned with AEW, would be used much better there. But that simply hasn't been the case. Aside from brief feuds with Cody and Joey Janela, Spears has been largely absent from TV during his first year with AEW. Spears, of course, isn't the only former WWE mid-carder who suffered a similar fit. The likes of Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Goldust, and Matt Hardy have struggled to make the impact that you might expect from two stars who would have been WWE Hall of Fame locks had they not jumped to AEW. In Rhodes' case, his lack of consistent TV time isn't necessarily a shocker or a bad thing because he's a past-his-prime veteran who is there to work with more up-and-coming talent than anything else. Hardy, on the other hand, was expected to make a huge splash upon his arrival to AEW. But with the expectations set so high, even Hardy has agreed that he has failed to live up to them. Hardy left WWE because he wanted more creative control of his character. And yet the many faces of Hardy and AEW have largely fallen flat, something Hardy himself has admitted. Though he did cite the crowdless AEW shows as a reason why his broken character hasn't excelled in the way he expected it to upon his arrival. 
Other ex-WWE stars have also been unable to capture the magic it looked like they would create in AEW. And though that's been due to a myriad of circumstances resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic, it hasn't gone unnoticed. Perhaps the best example of a former WWE name coming up short in AEW is the aforementioned Lee. It was a prominent role in the company, but it was instantly thrust into a top spot as Moxley's number one contender, only to immediately lose to Moxley and fall back down the card. Lee's role as the Dark Order's exalted one, has, which has been criticized as a bad parody of Vince McMahon, has left a lot to be desired, and pigeonholed him in a heel mid-card role, which is where he spent the majority of his WWE career. The Dark Order isn't exactly the world's most riveting stable, and Lee's role as its leader has felt much more like a lateral move than a rise up the card. Even if he wins the TNT Championship when he faces Cody on next week's Dynamite, that title is akin to the ceiling he reached in WWE, the Intercontinental Championship. Other former behemoths, including Jake Hager and Lance Archer, who wasn't known for his work in WWE but did spend some time there, have also seen their momentum squashed by, ironically enough, losing to fellow ex-WWE stars, with Hager's momentum coming to a screeching halt at the hands of Moxley and Archer running into a brick wall thanks to Cody. In other words, virtually every major former WWE star not named Cody, Jericho, or Moxley has had a rough go around in AEW, some due to COVID-19 related travel issues like Pac, and others because they have simply haven't been booked well, which is a growing trend for the company. Well, the jury is still out on new arrivals like FTR Matt Cardona, who's only signed it with AEW short term. The plight of many WWE turned AEW stars should serve as a cautionary tale that not every star who leaves WWE for AEW is freely finding greener pastures elsewhere. And he's not wrong. Sean Spears, to me personally, is one of my favorite guys. I, I'm a big fan of Sean Spears. I was a fan of him when he was uh, S.I. Dillinger, the perfect 10 in WWE. And I felt he was misused there in WWE during his time there. Um, in NXT, they loved him. He was beloved. Once he got to the main roster on SmackDown, they didn't know what to do with him. And then they had Randy Orton do an RKO on uh, pretty much a DDT off the apron. And pretty much it fell from grace there. Now he's over in AEW, and his only claim to fame in terms of that is a loss to Cody at All Out in a brief feud with George Nella. Um, hopefully he gets back on track if he becomes part of that supposed speculated Four Horsemen type deal um, that I discussed on Light the Fuse this past Friday. And then Matt Hardy, now with the whole situation with um, with COVID, kind of ruined the broken character a little bit. So he's now being being Matthew Hardy, the real Matt Hardy. Brody Lee, same scenario. Uh, I th- personally thought, and I actually did talk about this, that it was a little bit too soon for him to vie for the, the AEW championship because you got to think. It was, it was too soon for Brody Lee to get the championship shot. And technically, neither man could have couldn't lose. Unfortunately, I figured Moxley would win regardless, and Lee was going to be screwed when all was said and done. Um, and now he's back in a mid-card role, vying for the AEW TNT Championship, and Blake's not wrong in a, in a good portion of this. He's not. Um, Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder, is on a short-term role. FTR, we'll see how that goes with them. Uh, hopefully they gain success. Uh, hopefully it's very soon with the AEW World Tag Team Championship. But this is a cautionary tale, and not, I mean, 
he's pretty much saying the grass is not always green on the other side. Um, hopefully, you know, Spears, Hardy, you know, FTR, and all that are able to, you know, gain some traction and actually, you know, start finding their spots. Um, otherwise, it'll just be another tale of, well, this ain't good for the, all of us. So, let me see here. From Fightful.com, Chris Jericho talks AEW releasing B. Priestley and Sadie Gibbs. Hopes they return soon. This is from Robert DeFelice. From, uh, from this past Saturday. Ah, my goodness. Chris Jericho was sad to see B. Priestley and Sadie Gibbs lose their jobs with All Elite Wrestling. But credits Tony Khan with doing all he can to keep as many roster members employed during these uncertain times. Why is there an ad right where I'm trying to read? Thanks, that. Leave me alone. Fuck you. Thank you. Earlier this week, AEW released Jimmy Havoc, B. Priestley, and Sadie Gibbs. Both Gibbs and B commented on the release via Twitter and let it be known that they were let go from the promotion due to travel issues as the world continues to battle the COVID-19 pandemic. On his most recent Saturday night special Q&A session, Chris Jericho commented on the release of Gibbs and Priestley and had nothing but glowing comments for both women. He would admit that Sadie Gibbs needed a little bit more training and revealed that she was even planning on moving to Atlanta, Georgia prior to the pandemic. Quote, I hate to see anybody lose their jobs, and I like both of them. I think they're both really good. B is really good. And then Sadie has great potential. She needs more experience, which she knows. And I think she was about ready to move to Atlanta even then. Even, but then the freaking pandemic hit and those girls got stuck. I think B lives in Japan, but also England or whatever. And the same with Sadie. End quote. Continuing on, Chris Jericho would praise AEW President Tony Khan for doing everything he can to continue employing as many foreign roster members as possible despite the uncertain conditions with travel in the modern world. Quote, I give Tony Khan credit for continuing to keep as many people on the roster from Europe as he did. I mean, there's a lot of people from Europe that he's still paying, and unfortunately, B and Sadie were let go. Chris continued, I would have to think, as long as they keep working and keep honing their craft, that when all this goes away and they're allowed to travel again, who knows? It could be six months from now. You know, paying somebody and you can't even use them if you wanted to. So, I love them both. They're both great people, and hopefully they'll... They will get back. They will be back in AEW again soon. End quote. As for Jimmy Havoc, he was recently admitted to rehab for having allegations of rape and sexual abuse brought against him. Tony Khan commented on AEW helping Jimmy enter rehab and mentioned that he wasn't going to turn down a request for help at such a time. Uh, if you want to check out uh, what he's what his full comments were, there's a hyperlink in this article. And of course, like I always say, if you use any of the quotes above, please give an H slash T and link back to Fightful for the transcription. Um, I only say that for reasons that um, I'm still a small podcast and I don't want to get called no bullshit. So that's why I read that at the end of every type of article when they talk about this. But yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, for Havoc, I understand. Completely understand with that. Um, he was going through a lot of shit with uh, the whole speaking out situation with his alleg- with the allegations on him, um, his drug usage. Um it was, I, I kind of figured, I was like, all right, yeah, I'm not surprised that Havoc got released. It was a surprise for me for, me for Priestley and Gibbs to get released. Now, I did talk about uh, 
Sadie Gibbs on uh, Friday's episode of Light the Fuse, which you guys can go check out uh, right now. Um, I'll actually finish this first and then go back to check out uh, Light the Fuse uh, from this past Friday, where I did say Sadie Gibbs would be a huge get for NXT UK. Uh, she's, uh, I believe, living still living in England uh, at this very moment, and she's technically now a free agent. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if WWE tried to scoop her up. That's a ball, dickhead. But, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully they do come back into the swing of things um, when everything starts to open back up in terms of country. I know, B, I believe B is still living in Japan with Will Ospreay, which is her boo thing, uh, her boyfriend. Uh, I know they're living in Japan now. I know Will Ospreay is definitely living in Japan, but she uh, goes from England to Japan, and I know she works with stardom in Japan as well, if I'm not mistaken. But it does suck because these are two great talents that definitely would have helped shape the AEW women's roster. Definitely, definitely Sadie Gibbs had a lot of potential. I saw potential with her immediately um, last year. For sure. And I was thinking Sadie Gibbs is going to be a big deal. Hopefully, you know, if they start if they started utilizing her a lot more. Then COVID hit, all the shit popped off, and unfortunately everybody got stuck where they were at. B Priestley, um, I'm sure they'll try to get her back for sure. I don't think anybody would try to be trying to scoop up Priestley anytime soon. Um, Gibbs, I, I still think maybe that possibility of an NXT UK uh, thing would be wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. You know, I don't know what their policy is in terms of no compete clause, but if there isn't any, I wouldn't be surprised if, if WWE if NXT UK tried to scoop her up, and maybe we'll hear Sadie Gibbs to NXT UK sometime in the near future. Um, I hope that's not the case because her and AEW would be a smart, a smart move to keep her around. I think she'd definitely be a good, a good talent and help would to help build up that women's roster. But, um, we'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully, I mean, you know, stay ready, get, you know, if you, if you're already ready, you ain't got to stay ready, but just, um, you know, ensure that, uh, you know, you're taking care of yourself, stay in good health, uh, continue to work out. All that stuff. Do you think? Hopefully we see them very, very soon in a ring once more. From sportskeeda.com. This is actually an interesting article I saw. The Rock changed WrestleMania X8 match versus Hulk Hogan. This is from Kishan Prasad. From actually today. The Rock and Hulk Hogan are easily the biggest stars of the WWE. They are legends of the business and have played an important role in elevating the status of WWE to where it is today. The Rock and Hulk Hogan were true icons of their generations. Thus, their match at WrestleMania X8 was dubbed Icon versus Icon. Jonathan Coachman was in an interview with the Wrestling Chatter. During the show, the coach spoke about his equation with The Rock and Hulk Hogan. The former WWE announcer also shared a few details about their match at WrestleMania X8. Quote, And to know the greatness of The Rock and Hogan had nothing to do with this. And I don't mind Hogan. He's just not my favorite person. I mean, we get along, but we've never been friends. But to watch them work for a week and put this match together, these two mega powers in the sport of wrestling from two different generations, and then to watch the crown turn and not do what we expected them to do, and then for having The Rock be smart enough to change it while they were standing in the ring. And people thought they were talking trash to each other. 
In reality, The Rock was changing it because there are certain things you can do as a babyface and you can't do as a heel. And there are certain things that you can do as a heel that you can't do as a babyface. The coach went on to commend The Rock for his presence of mind and changing his bricks as... as uh, <laughs> The coach went on to commend The Rock for his presence of mind in changing his WrestleMania X8 match against Hulk Hogan midway. To watch the brilliance in that moment, that was not too big for him because a lot of people don't understand. When you're on national worldwide television, you know the red light's on. You know there's 80,000 people there, and you know there's millions watching at home. That can be overwhelming from an anxiety perspective, nerves, and only a few people can really handle it. For The Rock to be in the moment, to hear and to understand, and to feel, and to be able to change it was nothing short of remarkable. And the show should have ended right there. I've seen that match. I know what he's talking about. What we didn't know is that The Rock changed it midway, which is actually pretty damn cool. For The Rock, like I said, for Rock, for Rock to have that presence of mind and just, you know, change it midway, that's... That takes some balls and one hell of a presence of mind to be able to just be like, hey, we're doing this, we're changing this up. We're gonna switch it up right now. And we're gonna do it like this. That that takes some balls because not many people would be able to handle that situation. It's a I, this is one of, this was one of the biggest matches on the X8 card. It really was. And for a lot of people to see that match, um, I think it was a cool match. I thought it was cool. The build-up to it was dope. I loved it. I had no disrespect about it whatsoever. I thought it was, it's one of my, it was one of my favorite matches when I was younger. But, again, that's presence of mind. It's kind of like a quarterback in the NFL. They have a presence of mind to see the defense and realize, okay, we need to switch this up. We need to switch up the play right now. Seeing something in the defense that would have the presence of mind in that moment to change up everything. But it's a different scale when it's just you and your opponent with the referee in the ring and 80,000 fans in that crowd in Toronto. In the Sky Dome. Marquee matchup. Crowd going nuts. That's presence of mind. That is... That's a that, Shout out to Rock for being able to just change his mind with that. That's brilliance. He said, Coach said it himself. It's brilliance of the moment. That he was able to change everything. You know, they're standing in the ring, and you know, that moment where they were talking trash, they were Rock was telling them, "I'm Rock was basically saying, I'm changing it up." Crowd was kind of swaying things. That's that's fantastic. I I gotta you know that's a that's a fantastic thing to be you know can't be mad at that. So we can say Rock changed the matchup at WrestleMania X Eight. But to end this week's episode of News of the Weekend, from WrestlingInc.com, Eric Bischoff details why WCW wasn't interested in hiring Shawn Michaels. I actually saw this. This is like literally the first article I had pulled up when I was getting uh, the articles I wanted to uh, hear. So let's. this is from Ross Kelly from yesterday. On the latest episode of 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, the former WCW president reminisced back to 1997. This was when Nitro beat Raw in ratings every single week that both the shows aired. 
co-host Conrad Thompson brought up a recent report that WCW tried to get Jose Lothario to appear on Nitro in June 1997 to get the rumors flying of Shawn Michaels potentially making his way to WCW. Lothario was just coming off a stint of managing Michaels, and Bischoff discussed that report by Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Quote, That was pure fiction by Meltzer. There was never a discussion. There was never an intent, stated Bischoff. Shawn Michaels, if he hears this, and I doubt he will, but he might read the recap somewhere, as talented as he was and as much of a star he was, he was a fucking head case. He knew it, and he certainly acknowledges it. (laughs) Oh, shit. Continuing on, I had zero interest in Shawn Michaels or creating the perception of stirring the shit that would have been stirred in my own locker room and on my own roster, even by the suggestion that was going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> end quote um, Michaels had previously said in her interview in 2015 that there was a point where he wanted to go to WCW to quote be with his buddies but Bischoff says despite having friends in high places in WCW Michaels didn't have the support of most of the WCW locker room quote Shawn Michaels did not have a lot of support not only in WWE but certainly not in a WCW locker room at that time because of his behavior Shawn will talk about it read about it, and it's well documented. That would have been the last thing I would have done, and that was pure, pure fiction by Dave Meltzer, to try and create some content and to get some people interested, and make people think he knew information that nobody else did. It was just fiction, stated Bischoff, and just to make sure I don't get my ass handed to me or chewed up by anyone, if you're using any of the quotes in this article, which I did, I will credit 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, with an H slash T to Wrestling Inc. for the transcription. As to not get my ass handed to me by other people because I want to make sure that, um, yeah, I'm good on that. So as in proper tradition, I'm going to close my laptop and as usual, place my cell phone on top and give you my last thoughts on this article. Um, it would have been interesting to see Shawn Michaels go to WCW in 97. It would have been, it would have really, really interesting, but... For Dave Meltzer to just conjure up some shit, honestly, not surprised. He conjures up shit from time to time, and a lot of people, just as much as Ringside News does. That's why I try to refrain from reading Ringside News articles as much as humanly possible, because a lot of people, well, actually, Slice Wrestling, because a lot of people give Slice Wrestling a lot of shit for their fake news nonsense. That's neither here nor there, though. But, Michael says WCW would have been crazy. You know, would have been really crazy to see. Um, especially in times where he would have been, you know, that would have changed, that would have really changed the game for the Monday Night Wars. That really would have changed the game for the Monday Night Wars in the biggest way possible because that probably would have been a, the shift would have stayed in WCW for a long time. It would have been longer than the uh, 50 some odd weeks that they had in a row. It could have been at least 60, 70, maybe 80 weeks than with that, if Shawn Michaels was part of it. And this was early on in the Monday Night Wars, in 97. But, um, you know, all of it was not true. Meltzer was trying to conjure up some bullshit. And Bishop pretty much said, yeah, as much as I would have loved to sign him, he was a fucking head case. And, he didn't, and they didn't have the support of the, the locker room in WCW to do it. So as a result... Shawn Michaels remained in WWE, but we'll always have that thought of what if and what could have been. That, ladies and gentlemen,
and gentlemen, it's going to conclude episode 242 of the YLP Podcast, talking about news of the weekend. When we come back, we'll close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 243 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 242 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any thoughts, concerns, opinions, comments, you just want to shoot the shit and say hello, anything, if you want to talk about any of the articles that I discussed on today's episode, or if there's any news that I may have missed throughout the weekend, any breaking news whatsoever, sound off, let your voice be heard, and leave your boy a voice message over on anchor.fm slash perspective or anchor.fm slash Wrestle Radio, as well as leaving a comment over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. All comments are well received, and thank you very much for all that good stuff. But yeah, I want to create a dialogue with you guys. I want to know what you're thinking, what's on your mind, and all that good stuff. Anything I may have missed, let me know. If you have a comment about an article, let me know. If you thought there was something that I may have missed, let me know. If you're on the Wrestle Attic Radio side, make sure you put YLP in the title. So I know that you're talking to me personally. And if I like what you're bringing to the table, if I like it enough, I'll have no problem featuring on a future episode of the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media. The Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Gabs, the Parlors, any of the old tech media. Um, you can share it through uh, text message. Slide into your friends' DMs and send it through there, or you can leave it on Facebook Messenger as well. Any way you can share it to the world, your friends, your grandmother, your mama, your auntie, your brother, your uncle, your daddy, anybody who you think would enjoy this podcast, share it. Let them know. If they're not wild, abrasive, unapologetic, brazen podcast like mine, hey, first and foremost, thank you very much for sharing. And uh, yeah, let them know. You know, hey, this might be something that you might like. I don't know how you, I don't know how you get down. I don't know you might like this kind of style of podcast. Let me check it out. Then you add one more member to the YLP universe. And of course, another member of the Wrestle Attic Radio family. Because in these unprecedented, crazy-ass times, we here at Wrestle Attic Radio want to provide comfort and be the solace for you after a hard day's work. Because, you know, with the YLP podcast... Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and the Delight Show with Manch Chapel. We are not only the cure for the common wrestling podcast, we are 100% without a doubt, then, now, and forever, the alternative for professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the anchor app, and that's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings whatsoever. Everybody around the world, including your mama and your grandmother for that matter has their favorite streaming, pod, streaming apps where they like to listen to their podcast and it's perfectly fine, you're not hurting my feelings whatsoever with that, 
But if you think we're just all about ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com and anchor.fm, my friend, you are sadly mistaken. If you're looking for any of our podcasts, not just mine, you're looking for the YLP podcast, Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and of course, the Delight Show with Man Chappelle, you can find all these podcasts across several different platforms, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, CastBox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old spot of five. Bam! Search for all of our podcasts, and you should have no problem finding it whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, I can be found on social media. I'm as active as I possibly can be. I try to be a little bit more active um, and all that. But if you're looking to follow me on any of the platforms, we'll head up to head over to the Twitter sphere, where I can be found over there at Suede Senator War. That's S-U-E-D-E, S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. Every SmackDown Live on Friday nights, unless I have a prior engagement to attend to, which I will let you guys know prior to that night's live tweeting festivities. Every WWE Live pay-per-view, and I will be doing SummerSlam next Sunday, August 23rd. Every AEW Live pay-per-view, of course, with All Out going down on Saturday, September 5th. Every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, with NXT TakeOver 30 going down this coming Saturday night. Should be a doozy with that one. And, of course, NXT UK dropping their latest takeover in Dublin on October 20... That's not October? October 25th. And, of course, New Japan Pro Wrestling is back in the swing of things. And when it's 3.30 in the morning on the Saturday, and I have nothing else better to do because I woke up, had to go to the bathroom, couldn't go back to sleep. Hey, occasionally, I do live tweet for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to head over to the Instagram side of things, which is the mothership and the hub of everything that is the YLP universe, you can find me over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective memes. In case you missed its updates, breaking news, 60 second thought videos, all that stuff. Find that over there. And I'm still waiting on your memes. I want memes. I want to get memes. Send me your funniest pro wrestling memes. If I like it enough, I'll have no problem putting it, posting it on my page, tagging you in and tagging every member of the Wrestle Attic Radio family in it as well so you get your 15 minutes of fame, of magnificence, and excellence. So you wouldn't want that. But I want to create a dialogue with you guys. I want you guys to have fun. We can chat, all that good stuff. I, my DMs are wide open. About as wide open as Xavier Woods, I'm just saying. <laughs> But yeah, I want to create a dialogue with you guys. But yeah, head over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective. And yes, surprisingly, I do have a Facebook page. It's weird to me too. As much, I don't go on Facebook as often, but I do have a Facebook page and I will be updating it soon. Uh, probably uh, next couple of days just to get everything sorted for NXT TakeOver 30 and for SummerSlam weekend. But since my Facebook can connect to my Instagram and all my posts go over to Facebook as well, hey, you can find me over there. Just search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page. Follow the page. Share it with a friend. We're over 100 followers over there. And thank you all so much for your continued support. 
Much appreciated as always. And uh, yeah, follow me on all these different platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. I'm going to look over to the judges to ensure I have uh, completed my duties and obligations for today. And we're going to look over to Sweden because apparently you got your COVID stuff under wraps. And I believe I'm going to thumbs up. So we are good on that. So Tuesday, Tuesday night. Y'all know what that is. Y'all know what time it is. Y'all know what it's all about. It's another episode of Last Week, This Week, where I get to talk about last week's episode of NXT and get you primed and ready for Wednesday night's episode of the Black and Gold Standard. And from what I have heard and what I talked about on pretty much Friday, I have an idea of what's going on, but I haven't seen it in full, but it should be in Fuego. For all of you who actually know what happened on Wednesday night's episode of NXT. Uh, also, I'll be talking, I'll be probably opening up the program with some breaking news that went down um, about Sonya Deville. Um, I'm not going to go into it as much. I have the article and I'll find it um, and have it on my uh, on my uh, laptop so I have it ready and prepared for you guys. Apparently, uh, uh, psychotic fuck. Um, broke into her house in an attempt to kidnap Sonya Deville. That is from the Tampa Bay Times. I won't get into it. I'm going to get into it tomorrow for y'all. It is quite the story. I just read it um, before I finished the recorded the segment. Uh, it is some, it's quite some interesting shit, and I uh, will say this. Thank God her alarm went off. So I'll have that to talk about, as well as breaking down last week's episode of NXT and getting you ready for Wednesday night's festivities which is basically their go-home show this coming week. So that should be an absolute fucking doozy. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your Monday. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, well, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday as well. I'll see you guys right back here on Tuesday for episode 243 of the YLP Podcast. See you. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.